0: This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson.
2: This is the Liberty Hour, each and every Sunday night. Emmys, we don't care. Foosball, who cares? We're here, we're live. The only time we're not here is when I'm out of town in Florida, and that's about to change, kid. Yeah, we got a little something going on. We'll be do be able to do it even when I'm on my uh, job trying to sell people value in another state versus Illinois. Boy, that's
1: uh great news for me.
2: <laughs> don't be so excited. I'm the guy that's losing my voice. <laughs> but um, so I was telling you in be- you know right before the show started that uh, I went to a wedding last night and it, I always like weddings. I do. Can't help it. Uh, I, like, I always
1: cry at weddings. I don't cry. I hate to see a good man go down.
2: I don't cry. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy witnessing the optimism, you know, verging on delusion. The naivety. I like it. Yeah. I like, it's I like, naivety. I like it. No, but it was wonderful. It was, you know, young people and getting started in their life. And I was at the wedding and I was telling you, Macbeth, we got uh, people like us out there. It's always flattering. And um, at the wedding, you know, of course, the economy comes up and, you know, what we start talking about the political climate, and in particular of Illinois. And then in getting ready for the show, I like to tape. You know, I got that love-hate relationship with Mike Flannery. And I like the tape uh, fired up on Flannery or Flannery fired up, whatever the hell it is. And I'm watching it today. And um, the guy's name is Dennis Welsh. And I think he's the president of Fox News. And he comes on and he does a, uh, like, a, 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 it's his opinion on things. And he does, a, he surmises the real estate market in Illinois. And I found it fascinating. I found it fascinating because of his candor. And it was exactly the conversation all, all of us were having. At least not all of us, but the, the vast majority of the people that came up to me were discussing the frustration, the worried uh, nature that they have of what is going on in Illinois, what is the outcome, what is the trajectory, and how do we make it stop? And then the realization of it is in our constitution. The minute that that that, that the pensions. Were solidified, protected, and guaranteed with the 3% compounded interest increases. It was at that moment that the future of Illinois real estate was doomed. And we are merely, through, we are merely living through the ramifications of that bad policy. And the reality is, McBath, and I, I was saying this last night, we're not even, I don't think we're halfway there as to how bad it's going to get. I truly believe Illinois will become Flint, Michigan.
1: Well, it'll be propped up. For a long time, so we were talking about this last night. What my, my my kids will be dealing with this issue. Oh, I in twenty years.
2: So here's my here's well, my. Well, t-
1: actually, no, they won't because they probably won't be here because they're smart kids.
2: You know, I I have because I'm a real estate broker. I, I I get all the communications from the National Association of Realtors and all this. Illinois finished second worst of any place in America to live. It's a state problem where normally these are towns, municipalities. They're basically saying it's all of us. And Illinois's got a lot going for it. You would
1: think so. You're on a Great Lake. You're a hub of uh, all sorts of transportation. You got places like uh, Naperville. Logistically, it's phenomenal. Kenilworth.
2: But as a state, here's an amazing sta- statistic. And you think about how, you know, there's some still good real estate moving out there. It sells in a short period of time. Depends sure. on the neighborhood. As you know, it's very sure. individual.
1: Well, it's people like us who have to be here.
2: In June, just June, the numbers came in down 11.5%. The prices that's that's a lot of money to lose on a property eleven and a half percent in the same year that your taxes go up on average eight percent yeah so there's a I, you know i live in elmwood park and there's a guy i know and, and he's got a house not far from mine and, and and he got sick and the whole nine yards what happens to people he he had gotten caught up in a refi and he tried to save them as they're cutting his rates. He he doesn't qualify for another refi simultaneously with that. Right. Self-employed, couldn't get the loan. So bad things happen, right? Property goes into a little turmoil. He's forced to put it up for sale. So he says, Sean. He contacts me. He says, you know, he got buyers. He said, if you have buyers, would you, you know, show them my property? I pull up the information on this guy's house. Yeah. I know the house. It's it's okay. Um, I don't. I, I didn't say his name so I could talk kind of specifically. It's just under three hundred grand. Okay. Elmwood Park I live in a in a, on a nice you know yeah. on a, a decent block.
1: And what was that in 2007?
2: That property in 2007 would have probably sold for 370. Yeah. Okay. I mean just
1: yeah. cuz you, you really do any price now you have to compare to what it was 12
2: yeah. years ago. We're probably back down to 99 prices yeah. in our area. Anyway, I'm looking at the information. The property taxes are 10 grand. Ugh. So you're buying a house under 300 grand. And your property tax are ten grand. So think about the, the affordability. That roughly translates to $800 a month. Yeah. $800 a month on a mortgage where you're, if at these if rates... If you were
1: paying the principal of 800 on your mortgage, you'd have your house paid off in like 13 or 15 years.
2: Well, at these rates, if you borrowed 97%, you did an FHA loan. Yeah. Your actual mortgage payment with the interest would be less than your property tax. Of course. That is well, not a good the sign. In there, and sure. I know that I know some people say, "Well, gee, that's kind of no, that's not that bad." That means you're paying more than it. More than half of your total cost goes to taxes. Yeah. In a declining market.
3: Yeah.
1: If you're saying it's not that bad, you probably have an affected view, like I did at one point um, when we moved out of the city. Our place was worth three hundred five or so. Yeah. And the taxes were eleven
2: five a year. But as you look it's at. Insane. As you look at, okay, so what makes it better? Like you had just said. Well, what's going to make it better? Yeah. I could tell you what's not going to make it better. What's not going to make it be- better is implementing more costs, liabilities, and taxation on the citizens. And I can't help but notice. Oh, you mean like the recent ask me contract? Like everything. Yeah. So it, to me, and you know, it's hard because a lot of my friends, and I, you know, at the wedding, there are guys I know that I love that are on municipal pensions. I get it. Okay, I get it. So I'm torn in saying this, but you got to go, you got to cancel this nonsense now. You're to the point where it's clearly evident you're killing independent George.
1: Well, and what's good? What's better (laughs) for you? Worlds are colliding, man. What's better for you? A little more money now or the ability for that money to keep coming in the future and not bankrupt the
2: state? Unless Illinois gets together. And here's the thing they solidified it with this phony baloney contract amendment, I mean, a constitutional amendment. Unless they get together and give these people a buyout, because you could do that. Buy them out, break everything, and get on a trajectory where you're just a person like the people we tax. Until that happens, brother, for you and me and and 80% of those people at that wedding last night, and in particular, as you look at the young people, you know, the nice thing about getting older is all of a sudden, everybody starts to look like their kids going to one of those dress rehearsals, right? They're They're all young. They're all kids. And they're... And you're looking at these poor people, and they're and they're in their 20s and 30s. And you say when they're 20 years from now, oh yeah, they're not. I mean, could you imagine if they buy a house today, and you're telling me the market is up, everything is rosy, yeah. But you know, all the all the real signs are are exactly the polar opposite. It's a t- it's a time to rent and see what happens for the next
1: year. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. It would be nice if if Springfield you know cared as much about the balanced budget amendment as they do about the pension
2: it's one thing when you don't have debt and you go through a real estate problem sure because you just don't have debt you, you just lost you just, your you net worth potential you know money yeah. it's another thing if you're this guy who was really kind of thrown into a foreclosure situation because he made a couple bad decisions but moreover because the the climate of the of the actual real estate value has imploded so much he can't get out from under it without bringing a big check to it. And he, all he did, if you look at the position he's in, is follow the rules that the people in charge, the government itself tells you to do. And that's the problem of getting bad advice and then turning to the abuser or the perpetrator of that bad advice for solutions. Because one thing that's for sure, and I was, you know, watching this in this, in this uh, guy from Channel 32, is Dennis Welsh, in his articulation of it, is that there is no future in real estate, in property values, until you fix the leak. The boat will sink if we do not fix the leak. And the reality is, the way in which our political system works, no one can say that and get elected. Yeah. So you're in just this slow, progressive... It's worse than that, though. Because the
1: the six guys whose job is to, to bail the water, five of them are sitting there eating lunch, and the one guy is bailing.
2: Oh, and you're not just talking about the 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 uh That's a metaphor
1: for the entirety of the state of Illinois. Yeah.
2: And I dot. But yeah, no, that's exactly what's happening. And and, and the reality is this, if you can't monetize your your paid-off real estate to keep up with your costs on that real estate, you're going to start to see investors for the first time walking away from paid-off real estate. And that's what happens as governments implode real estate markets. And unfortunately for us Illinoisans, that's what's happening right now to us. And it's sad when you see young people because you realize you stole their future. 312-642-5600. We'll do a little Middle East thing when we get back.
4: I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, people like me.
0: It's the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AF 560. The answer. Everybody
2: knows In all seriousness, those Giza sheets are killer. It is weird always to hear your own voice, but I want to win this thing. I got a little bat with Amy Jacobson. You know about the bat?
1: I don't know, but I, t- I will tell you that is generally considered to be adorable by everyone here that you pretend like you don't like the sound of your own voice.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, in all seriousness, though, I'm not kidding you. It is an amazing product, and and, and I would not have really go, said, "Oh, I got to have the Giza sheets." I bought them. I can't sleep without them now. I don't know what I'm going to do when I go to Florida. You know,
1: well, something have, else to get lost by an airplane.
2: Have to have uh, somebody mail it to me. All right, all right. Jim in South Elgin has optimism in the real estate market in Illinois. Hit me, Jim. What do you got, buddy?
0: Well, you know, as you're saying, a lot of the values are going down <clears throat> in Streamwood, for example. There's a strip mall. With about 15 stores, all but one are vacant. There's a lot of vacancies. However, there are a few pockets of. I'm sorry.
2: No, it was a sound effect. Go ahead.
0: Oh, yeah, there's a bunch. But there are some areas where, like in uh, St. Charles along uh, Randall Road, they're building a bunch of buildings in Western South Elgin on Route 25, mm-hmm. and even downtown Barlett. There, somebody bought well, the shopping center and they're putting in Armani's and they're. Let me tell you how this. Guys building a little microbrew.
2: Let me tell you how no, a lot of this works and the problem is it's uh it's ultimately financed not by the people who appear to be the guys improving the the uh, land or building but it's ultimately financed by the people who will never afford to be able to say that they own anything because what happens in these instances is that builders build and banks lend that doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be a success and ultimately when commercial loans need to be turned into regular loans and it doesn't happen, you know what builders do and and developers? They walk away. And you know who bails that out are us. The guy who's working right now, the guy who's driving Lyft, who's waiting to pick up somebody at the airport, that's the guy who bails out the big shot with the pot belly and the big stretch mark belly button who pretended to be a developer. (laughs) See, that's how it really works. like in 08 when all the leverage guys walked away from their own property and told the bank, here you go. And they tried to do an exculpatory clause or a deed in lieu. And basically what happened was the bank said, well, we're not in the real estate management business. And in most cases, sold them back to the very guy who defaulted on the loan for 50 cents on the dollar. But who ate that other 50 cents? Macbeth did. And everybody else who works their tails off. was office. delicious. But my yeah. point is, don't let the, the facade present itself to be quality. It's a lot of sizzle and not a lot of steak. The other thing to remember, Jim, and you know this, you own real estate. It's more advantageous to improve and replace facades and replace windows than it is to pay taxes. And that's why right. Trump, you know, and this is an, on a sidebar. This is why Trump doesn't hesitate or, or is hesitant to show his taxes because they're a little complex. But they, they don't look good. Because it doesn't look like the developer paid taxes or whatever the case may be. But instead of paying taxes, what he's doing is employing real people in the real economy. So I'm all for developers that improve property. I think it's a, a crucial aspect of the economy. But that's the that's the lipstick on a pig. When the reality is those those strip malls you're talking about, they sold through a commercial blowout website called 10x. And I know about the website you're on because I looked at this at the site. And what you're seeing is Illinois strip malls and Illinois retail is getting killed because Absolutely. these, these taxes and this government manipulation of employment and minimum wage rates, you're blowing out the small business to medium business to even large business guys.
0: Well, that's especially the case in commercial Cook County. Exactly. That's why I became political a long time ago.
2: And you know, Jim, the problem is the average person either they're not being told that information. Because the politician or the people in charge are too afraid to tell them the truth. That's why I think talk radio is important. This is the The one place we have to tell the truth. And the truth is, lipstick on a pig is not real. Whether it's in an economic policy or a pretend development. It's not real. All that thing, remember we were talking a a few months ago, uh, not even, six weeks ago, about that new development in, uh, in in the northern part of Chicago. And you come to find out it's completely subsidized by the people. Yeah. There's all tax advantages given to the developer. And in the meantime, he's banking on the loan by guaranteeing Section 8 housing become tenants. So, that's Jim, that might look like you're developing the upper north side of the river. The reality is the people who will never be able to afford to live there and buy it, that's who's paying for all that stuff. It's not what yeah. it appears to be, and that's...
0: That was Emmanuel's deal. I know that was well, yeah, but did, not very popular.
2: Look at Lightfoot. She's she's a yeah. manual, not just because she has the same blazer on, but she's a manual because she implements the same policies. Jim, thanks for calling the show, but denied on your optimism. What do you think, McPott? Did I die him? Uh, I think you were very nice. All right, that was nice. All right, let's go to Mike. Mike, thanks for the call, handsome.
3: Hey, I just want to laugh at all the Cook County taxpayers. They thought they were getting something... And with this Fritz Kagey guy. You're laughing at me. You're laughing at me. I know. And me. All right. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Listen, (laughs) they voted for this Fritz Kagey guy. He's going to make property taxes fair. He's given everybody in Newtron Township, cut their taxes in half because they live on a floodplain. And then that bald idiot in the Sun-Times, Mark Brown, writes a story about the woman who wrote the letter that got it started. Knew they were on a floodplain. Had a flooding problem. They tore down the house and rebuilt it. They're getting their taxes cut in half. But you now, know, what, if you do something stupid, why did the blue collar guys working in Bur- uh, living in Berwyn and Burbank, Burbank and Bellwood, got a bailout? New
2: trail. You know what else is unforeseen there? Do you know the law when you have a mortgage and you live in a floodplain? Do you know the insurance you have to carry? Any money you think yeah, you're saving on your tax, you are losing in massive premium increases. And if you have a mortgage and your LTV is less than fifty percent. You're done, kid. So, you know, they give with one hand and take with another. And that law was put in place not by insurance companies alone, but they paid the politicians to make that law.
3: So, People you know, with $3 million houses had their property taxes cut, their values cut, a $3 million value was cut to $1.7 million. Mm-hmm. They got 55% reductions in their taxes. Who's going to pay for that? Well, and here's the people at Elmwood Park, yeah, the absolutely. people at Jefferson Park, absolutely. and the people at Evergreen Park.
2: And you know what? It's either, two because uh, it, their property taxes grew to that level because either they had too much character, were too uninformed, or too lazy to call one of Mike Madigan's firms. Because the other side of the problem is he's been saving his clients and customers Dispersing all of the costs that he supposedly saves on the rest of us as he works his little money laundering scheme of, oh, I'm saving you property taxes. Yep. And it's not just him. It's all these politicians all have these law firms. It's yep. sickening. So, Mike, that's why if you look at this and you were giving advice to your kid who you loved and they were away at college and they said, Dad, Dad, what, what should I do when I graduate? If you do not tell those kids to leave Illinois and never come back, you're a terrible parent.
3: What do you think of that? This is what you should do. Tell all your friends and family who live in St. Ferdinand Parish, St. James Parish, at St. Wenceslaus Parish, yeah. that I'm running for Republican committeeman in the 30th Ward. I'm going to be out with my petitions this week. Oh, I love it. Well, Tell listen. all the Republicans the sign.
2: I'm not afraid to say this. Number one, I endorse you. Number two, I'll give whoever runs against you airtime just because I want to make fun of them. Thanks for calling the show. But here's another thing. I grew up Catholic. mean, you see me, I'm beautiful. I can't be religious. These priests chasing me all around like I was a stripper at the dollhouse. I can't have that. Rob, thanks for calling the show. How are you?
4: Hey, John. How are you, man? Wonderful. I'm out in the driveway because I'm in western Kane County, and they don't get any good cell reception. And I'm like, I'm glad you took my call.
2: See, this is a fan. If I had one of those shirts, I'd send you one. Go ahead. (laughs)
4: <laughs> I want one, man. I want one. Hey, the property taxes are crazy, man. It's cash flow. I said that in a tweet to tweet you.
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: If somebody wants to buy your house and they say I can afford $4,000 a month, whatever that number is. Mm-hmm. They're going to back in to what they can pay you for that house. No, it, it ain't what you want for it. And that's period. what
2: that's what I was trying to allude to. And then you know what else, too, Rob, that no one talks about? Let's say something changes in their life and they lose a job or they something happens monetarily. They have to take care of a parent. The one thing that's for sure is that those costs, if you think they're high now, they're going to look like a deal in 24 months. Because as, hey, I'm going
4: to... Go, go, no, go ahead.
2: No, as no, they I fail, still... we know that as they fail, they do one thing. Increase the taxes. It's irrelevant to how bad the failure is. They have one button to press, and that's property taxes, property taxes, property taxes. And it's terrible.
4: Are they printing money? There's no other way around it. If they want this to work, they have to have have more money.
2: If they want this to make, they have to break their pension agreement.
4: There's something, exactly. There's something I notice. I have friends that are teachers. Mm -hmm. They're spending their money like the pensions are coming. The people don't even see that this is not going to fly. It's not going to happen. Well, They're forty-five-year-old guys that say, "Hey, man, I got a car. I bought a new house."
2: It's interesting. I to I'm gonna, party. I'm gonna talk about this. I'm gonna talk about this when we get back because it's interesting. It's the psyche of failure and how the American looks at it. Why not just bail them out? We bail everybody else out. We'll be back three one two six four two fifty six hundred.
0: Liberty are Call Sean now at
2: 312-642-5600. So as we try to manage the murky waters of a welfare state, it's important to think of the psyche of the people. And, and I think that's a great indicator as to how we will come to a solution or lack thereof. And what I mean by that is when you think back to your grandfathers and your you know, there's a reason they didn't pass this COLA stuff until the 90s, as far as I'm concerned. The, the Illinoisans would have never sat idly by as this kind of nonsense happened. Or moreover, as they keep using this small minority of state workers as an excuse to, you know, for lack of a plunder, the remaining citizens. There was a time where we'd say, are you out of your mind. I don't care what you wrote on that toilet paper you call a constitution of the state that you made up in some back room. But under no circumstances are you going to take off my table to give to workers who were your base, who were your foot soldiers to get you people elected day in and day out. The idea that we pretend we got here because of some, I don't know how it happened, just happened, must have been a mathematical mistake, I forgot to carry to zero. What are you, morons? This is the plot, and it's working correctly. The problem is, in history, what's happened throughout the time and throughout the economy is, we as citizens have lost our character. And I started to see it, you know, 20 years ago, you never heard of a strategic default. You didn't have a lawyer on every other commercial talking about how to sue somebody or file for, for the ghetto lottery called disability. This could never have happened unless the character of the citizens eroded to a point to where nobody cares, where there is no shame in welfare, where everybody is entitled to things. This is the point of it. And where it's normal to bail out or request to be bailed out. And that's at the fault of Republicans. I know that sounds bombastic, but think about who does it, who covers up. You know, Enron, they paid Republicans. I mean, we could go back to many other bailouts that happened quietly. But 2008, to me, was the straw that broke the camel's back. Now, on something for nothing topic, let's just keep it flowing. John Palatine, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Sean. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful.
3: Hey, uh, you know, lately on the slap and tickle drive time hour and now on the Liberty Hour, uh, you've been enticing us like Pocahontas (laughs) with the prospect of free T-shirts. Yeah. So why don't you just make them and give them to us for free? So because let me tell you. Let me
2: tell you what happened with that. So I, you know, we had a call. I don't know who. I, I can't remember the guy's name, but it was a brilliant call. And then we had a woman nurse call. She was brilliant. I'm like, we got. I wish I could give him something. As a caller, I always said, I'm helping your show, dummy. What did you do for me? You know, that was my response to the morning show all The time. And um, then Joe Walsh, when he had his show, he would give away T-shirts. He would sign them. So I'm like, let's come. T-shirts let's, for all. Let's come No, 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 not for all. Let's not get crazy here, Bernie. These well, are for me, see, yeah. So here's what we do. you got to win them. You've got to qualify by having a great call. Then I reward them. And in le- if I don't reward you one, then we'll have one available to buy. So see, this way I don't subsidize. We don't get a government subsidy. We take the profits from the other shirts and we reward the quality callers. And then I was going to do like an Obama thing where it makes you feel important, where you got like a silver and a gold and a platinum. So one of the listeners to the slap-and-tickle drive-time Chicago from 5 to 7 when I fill in, actually designed the shirts with a little picture of me, Macbeth. Was I right? Uh, Yeah, they were actually pretty good. So, boom, I got that for free. You see, if you play your cards right you entice people, you can get T-shirts for free or you can get to run the country. See what happens here? All we got to do is tap into that. You deserve it, and, John, I will remember the phone call, and you qualify for at least a discount like my pillow, all right? 2X, my friend, 2X. I had a sneaky suspicion. Thank you very much. We got time for Jim? Uh, yeah, we get right. Jim, thanks so much for calling. How are you?
0: Sean? Yes. Sean, do you sometimes think like I do, uh, when Mike Madigan was a young delegate to the Illinois Constitutional Convention in 1970, do you think he could have even imagined the amount of concentrated power Absolutely. that he has in this state?
2: Yeah, I think he's Machiavellian. I think he's brilliant. First of all, I think he's brilliant, and he's proved that he's brilliant. And he, he, listen, what brings down gangsters is loose lips and communication. He's got an extremely an accountant. extremely tight-knit circle, doesn't carry a cell phone, doesn't take risks. In fact, before 10 years ago, did you ever even hear his name? Very rarely, unless you were uber-politically you know, knowledgeable. Right. I so don't he, think he owns a cell phone. No, of course not. It's brilliant what he did. In fact, if John Gotti was as smart as he was, pff, we wouldn't know his name either. It's brilliant, but yet it's it's it all scams, all all inside scams are set up by brilliant guys. And if you look at what he did, he monetized the political power before he obtained the political power. So he even had arm's length just, hey, I know a guy, I got a guy, and as a young lawyer figured out how to monetize that, and he has a closed market. You know, the real estate business in Chicago, these lawyers have their thumb hold on all of it. I'm talking about there was a time when it was advantageous to buy foreclosed property in Illinois, and these guys had Not anymore. Had, no, you can't give it away. You know, it's funny. Jim was talking about commercial property, and then we had Big Mike talk about the other neighborhoods. Think of the neighborhoods. You can't give away the commercial property anymore. So he's brilliant because we don't know how much money he made. He's diabolical because he didn't care what it did to me and you. Thanks for calling the show, Jim. I appreciate it. We'll be back after this. 312-642-5600. Sean
0: from Elmwood Park. You're listening to the Liberty Hour with Sean Thompson. Get on the line with Sean by calling 312-642-5600. All
2: right. I was going to only talk about Illinois for like the first segment. You see what we did there? You know,
1: yeah, what we did there was take calls.
2: I'm used to the two hours. Yeah, I like the two hours. Um, oh. Even when I'm losing my voice. So I wanted to discuss, but it was a nice segue because I touched upon um, Trump's tax returns with Jim. There's a reason I was, you know, for his privacy. I think when you're in business and you have been in business, even if you decide late in life to go into politics. I, I honestly don't think it's mandatory that you release your personal tax records. Now, do I think you should release maybe a company you're affiliated with? And I do think you should release. And I'm an information guy, you know this. And I do think you should release holdings of assets in companies you have. But I'm talking about what you take at the end of the year, whatever you know. You're ultimately your personal tax records. I, I think
1: uh, I think it would be wise mm-hmm. to disclose um, how much you make, simply because. Otherwise, people are going to say, oh, well, what's going on there? There's If you're, no, I- if you're looking to get into office, just from an analytical, a political standpoint, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you unless you were either an abject failure or doing something well and, and
2: clearly he's puffing his not you know the numbers there's no question about it i mean i know enough about donald trump to know there's you know I mean, he's lying about it. the numbers his
1: total worth but that's who he is well, the entire federal government's based on like enron caliber yeah. arithmetic just so say i you know i have the maybe same just trying I, to get in the mood
2: i figured out my net worth on the, the <laughs> same way that fanny and freddie figure out their net loss there you go I, that's how i did it but what i'm saying is i do think you should have to release if you have interests in other companies and i do think when you are in office you should be now absolutely unable to invest in anything especially if you're voting on it.
1: well and that's the idea of the blind trust but then that doesn't apply at all to congress who are able to openly make legislation regulations on their investment
2: i I have a, a problem too by a bunch of people who are are actually practicing insider trading claiming that somebody isn't releasing their their records. I, I, I'm just disgusted by that. And the way in which the Congress manipulates their own investments and they have their staff that's in on it, and they don't do anything except have hold office for 30 years. They retire and they're worth half of, you know, $50 million. I, I, come on. But these are the guys that are after his personal taxes, which to me are private. Now, do I think any company or any holdings? Yes. So that's why I kind of stay away from the tax thing, because I understand, too, As a real estate developer, he's probably not showing anything because he's taking a long-term capital gain versus a payment. You know what I'm saying? He's getting paid himself once a month is what I think. And I think if he were to expose that, it would show that he's not worth nearly what he says he's worth. And he would be caught in a jackpot. But one thing I've never liked is when they go after his kids who he's had in business for since the time they were Working age.
1: Yeah. Are they supposed to completely stop doing any business whatsoever when their dad's president?
2: And he's stepping back. And
1: uh, did this standard sort of apply to, uh, you know, Chelsea writing a book when her mom was secretary of state or Hillary yeah. writing a book or Michelle Obama writing a book uh, while their husband's were president?
2: But you're looking at a guy that's been in business his whole life. Yeah, and he's just, just entered on. politics two years ago. Right. Yeah. So for the his entire life in he's, an official way, yeah. he's been doing something else. And so have his kids. And his kids still are doing something else. That's why I was never big when you introduced them to government. I don't think they should be. But anyway, his kids are still running businesses, in particular, the, the blonde one who, who has nothing to do with politics, right?
1: Uh, very little, I think. She did it originally, like at first, yeah. but then she was like... This no,
2: is- no, I mean the guy, the fella.
1: Oh, you're talking about Eric.
2: Yeah. I mean, he Eric doesn't. Trump. He, every once in a blue moon, he appears on something. But he's the guy that's primarily running things. So he's been running these businesses, and they have investments in Scotland and all over. Yeah. And you could argue about, is it right that the Air Force and Secret Service... No, that's wrong, by the way. I think that's yeah, wrong. Yeah. But to be attacked by CNN and, to make it, and make it on the same level as Joe Biden's son, who did nothing in his entire life. And then, while well, his dad was the VP, literally created an investment banking front that had massive multi-billion-dollar contracts with countries that they were negotiating with. Yeah, how could you even in good conscience? And
1: Mnuchin went after Biden on that. Uh, with who was it? Is it Cuomo? It
2: was, I think it's Cuomo. Why don't you uh, you have the clip? Play the clip. It's Cuomo going after Mnuchin.
1: Another going de- going I like Biden.
2: Democrat on yeah. Democrat yelling. So let's that's talk. the
4: issue, perhaps, that should be further investigated. Well, I don't understand. So it's OK for Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump to do business all over the world. It's OK for Ivanka Trump to have copyrights approved all over the world while President Trump is president. But while Vice President Biden was vice president, his son shouldn't have been able to do business dealings. Uh, Again, I I don't don't really want to go into more of these details other than to say. Well, you're just setting a precedent that that the president is violating. uh, Again, I think there's a significant difference in in what you're saying, okay, or what I was saying, between Biden and his son's relationship with the Ukraine oligarch and uh, potential business dealings that, the Trump Organization has had, uh, which predated his presidency. Well, just again, to underline, the Ukrainian prosecutor has said there's no evidence of any wrongdoing.
2: <laughs> I hate that I agree with Liza Minnelli here, but I do. Yeah, you got you to see it minutiae's way. Honestly. And the and the, and the reality that I wish he would have been, you know, it's probably when you're in the spotlight and you're being attacked, you probably aren't, you know. You wish he would have been a little argument. smoother
1: on the uh, delivery. There? I wish
2: he would have said, and he did kind of, but I wish he would have said, Joe Biden's son in conjunction with John Kerry's son, yeah. created an entity to capitalize on the position of their fathers well, I think versus he, one that had existed and can argue that is harmed by the position of their father.
1: Yeah, I think that's what he was saying when he didn't want to get into the, the weeds of it. He didn't want to characterize it in a way that he could held responsible.
2: For I would it. argue that Trump's businesses and Trump's economic situation has worsened as he's president rather than these magical, mystical investment bankers that prop up at arm's length from the Democrats who all make millions. We'll be back after this. 312-642-5600.
0: I work for the CIA. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, an am five sixty.
1: The answer. When do we send them an airmail message to Tyran?
3: <laughs> that old uh, that old Beach Boy song Bomberan. Bomb bomb bomb
2: anyway. And there is the uh, I guess the I, what do we call it? I I I, I have a s- trouble even getting it out of my mouth, the honorable John McCain fresh off of arming who would then become the Taliban with Charlie Wilson and snapping pictures with people that were directly associated with terrorism that we're fighting today. So there he is. And that clip is from 10 years ago. A little more than that. I think you believe that. Yeah. So this has been an agenda that the neocons
1: have been trying to achieve. Well, and they were arguing against themselves, too, because that I think that's 2005 or 2006, um, when he had just started sort of going around doing town halls, getting ready for 08. He's going to run in away. And um, the the thing about that is, is the guy's full question, which I'm not giving time to, yeah. um, he basically said, you know, hey, we're, we're here in Iraq, and we're there in Afghanistan, and there's this place in between, and we know it's evil. We said it's the axis of evil. Why aren't we bombing them, too? And it was like, okay, um, so I caught so a what lot, you're saying is we're in the wrong place.
2: <laughs> yeah. I caught a lot of heat. Um, not, I, I, that's the wrong word. I, a lot of attention for my stance and my position where I said, why are we so quick to side with who I think is the real problem, the OPEC cartel dominating force known as the Saudis? I mean, that's really what it is. And I, I reject them for decades. I have recognized them for what they are, which is corrupt corporatists manipulating the lifeblood of the world.
1: And at the same time, educating their people in Wahhabism
2: and using so their political beating. influence yeah. to guarantee against competition. I'm yeah. sorry, that's how I see it. Well, and also to guarantee a closed society, Correct. right? Because if you have an open
1: society and you yeah. have and there's plenty of American businessmen mm-hmm. in Saudi Arabia on a daily basis, right? Yeah. That they're they're not going to avoid that. That's where the money flow comes from. Well, they've got they, the, they don't want you living there.
2: And they've got the United Arab Emirates and they have Qatar, what is it? Qatar, Qatar, whatever the hell it is. Yeah,
1: Qatar, Bahrain. They got all the their little their little
2: cohorts who yeah. walk in lockstep and always have caused issues with their rivals of in money, yes. not religion. I'm sorry, right. it's about the money to me, not the religion so much. I think that's what they sell us, the the Christian people who will believe out. They're all evil anyway, and who cares? But I I am telling you, if you go back and you look at at the the 1953 CIA docs that were released, and they talk about Operation Ajax, we have been working against that country for half a century. And I said in the beginning, these sanctions that we're putting on them create ramifications we're not aware and we cannot really predict because there is another side to this argument than the one we're being presented. And the problem is, I don't think that our politicians have the courage to explore that argument. And I am telling you right now, McBeth, in a week, two weeks, we're going to be, it'll be Iraq part two. That's exactly what's going to happen. What do you think?
1: Uh, I think Trump, um, being someone who is very interested in his own image and his own legacy, and having been someone who has so strongly criticized the way we operate in Iraq, won't put a single boot in Iran. I I, think it'll be completely air.
2: I'm on Trump's side on this, and I've said this on many occasions. I love his foreign policy. It'll be totally air. I think it's bigger than him. The reason I played that John McCain clip, this is the neocons in our government. The same way the Democrats have apparatchiks in high places – We've had them there, too. And they are about a military war machine profiteering system that builds up more than half of our economy. And they know there's a lot of money to be made here in this conflict on a multi-tier level. This is not about what they're telling me. I'm telling you, I smell a rat. We'll be back next week. I actually... They
0: award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. (laughs)